Welcome to the Doug Peterson Show. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick and former Jaguar Jeff Logaman discuss the latest Jaguars news with the head coach. The Doug Peterson Show starts right now. And welcome in. It's week 13 and the Doug Peterson Show continues. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Logaman and the Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson after... A fantastic win a week ago. Early stops in the red zone by the defense. Kind of kept it within reach. The offense then got going. Eight lead changes in the game. Three of those in the fourth quarter. The two-minute drive to get it done at the end with big-time throws from Trevor. Clutch catches. That's a full-team win last week, Coach. It was. It was. And it was was really something, I think, that, um, one, we needed it. You know, and and, and really – um, the sense of sort of finishing, finishing a game, finishing a drive, finishing a series, you know, it was kind of something I talked about, you know, coming out of the bye week, things that we haven't been able to do, you know, for the first 10 weeks of the regular season, and, and we found a way. And, you know, it was one of those games where, um, you know, defensively I thought did a nice job of, of stopping them, you know, a touchdown here or there by Baltimore, maybe it's a different outcome, whatever, but I thought the defense holding them to field goals and kicks – and that's a that's a that's a high powered offense. You know, they got a dynamic quarterback. They run the football extremely well. He he can throw the ball and he can beat you with his legs. So um and then the offense, you know, stepping up, struggled early. I think the first and third quarters we had some difficulty there moving the football, but the second and the fourth quarter, which is where we've struggled um, you know, early in the season, we came out, scored points, and then, you know, ultimately put the uh, two minute drive together, two point conversion for the win. Uh, early in the game, when you talk about the struggles, Travis Etienne goes down with an injury. But man, uh, the third drive of the game, Jamichael Hasty played a prominent role, running the ball and then catching the ball down the boundary on a touchdown pass. Uh, that was big for him to contribute like that in a game in which Travis Etienne is not there, and the running game is really kind of struggling to gain its footing. Exactly. You know, Jamichael's been a um, been kind of in a backup role, you know, as a running back. He's been a special teams contributor for us. You know, really did a nice job stepping in, understanding um, the job that 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 we asked him to do in the situations that really some of those plays were were Travis's plays, you know, and and the touchdown pass to him was actually a Travis play, and um, you know, it just goes to show you just the type of person he is. He understands his role. You know, he didn't get a lot of reps at that particular play during the week, but he understood it. Uh, what a great catch, you know, for the touchdown. And really still played special teams, still ran hard for us, you know, uh, when, when we could run the football. Just a, a great performance by, by DeMichael. How important is it for the running back position to have good hands in your offense? Because you're doing a lot of things with those guys out of the backfield. I think it's important. You know, that's one of the things we look for in the off season when we're looking at, at college. Some of these college players is how well can they catch the football out of the backfield. You don't see a ton of it in college when you're scouting these guys. You know, because college the passing game is a little bit different at that level. Um, but guys like TJ, guys like Demichael, even Snoop Connor. Um, you know, we're going to throw them a screen from time to time, and we love for them to catch the football or out of the backfield. It just opens up your offense a little bit more, maybe when you can, you know, empty the backfield and use these guys on some choice routes and some shin routes and different things that, uh, you know, um, to utilize their strengths and, and just, uh, 
it makes you a little more diverse on offense. All right, so I got the choice route, you know, lingo down. Shin route, you're going to have to explain that to me at some point. <laughs> uh, Jamal Agnew is also kind of in that role. I mean, here's a guy that uh, I don't know what you would call him, running back, wide receiver, do all, whatever you want to call it, but he had a big part in this offense as well. He did, and, and you know, he, 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 coming back from his injury there a couple weeks ago, he's really uh, kind of settled into a role where we've used him um, in, a, in a couple of different positions. You know, he, we understand he's got some great speed, right? We utilize that speed down the field and, and try to create some matchup opportunities with him. And, and, you know, he's such a smart, savvy player that, you know, you can kind of line him up anywhere within your, within your system, and he, he's going he's gonna to get open. He, he just understands what we're asking him to do and, and um, you know, kind of that Swiss Army knife a little bit. You know, utility guy, great returner for us. Um, getting healthier and stronger now, you know, down the stretch, and, and we're going to need that by everybody. Doug Peterson show rolling along. Of course, the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, now over 100 rating the last three games in a row, a career-high rating last week, great in the fourth quarter, even better on the final drive of the game to, to get down the field after a, a sack and then things weren't going so great, and all of a sudden the third down throw to make it fourth and short. He's executing big-time throws in a big-time situation, and that's got the fan base certainly fired up and ready to go. I know it has the locker room fired up and ready to go too, I'm sure. Well, I, w I would love to take credit for his rating, um, but, but quite honestly, this guy – this guy works at his craft every single day, every single week in practice. I mean, you look at some of his numbers and, and where he is right now and just how um, – I'll say this. And I've, I've kind of gone on record, I think, saying this, is that Denver game, you know, the mistake he made in the goal line deep in, on, you know, in the red zone there, I think that really bothered him and it really affected him. And, and kind of a wake-up call, you know, uh, to where he's played extremely well since that point. And – you know, obviously, you don't want to be the guy that kind of lets your team down at any at any time. But you know, particularly Trevor, he's he's really hard on himself. He's critical on himself, uh, but at the same time, you know, he takes coaching extremely well. And you're just seeing those gradual, kind of incremental increases in in in, in his performance each and every week. And and that's what as a staff we're excited about. And of course, myself as a head coach, just understand that your quarterback is getting better, taking care of the football. You know, here in the last few games and and um you know playing playing within himself and playing within the system interesting that you talk about that denver game the, the maturity that he's displayed i think throughout has been impeccable but you talk about the denver game before the half against baltimore same exact play call that he threw the interception against denver this time he immediately throws it out of bounds Earlier in the year, he threw an interception on a third and very long when he tried to gain all of the yardage in one throw. You have the same type of situation in this ball game on a third and 21, and he takes what's there. And knowing that it's going to be a four-down situation, I mean, those are, are things that he's shown now that he's learning from. And you've played the position. Do you sometimes have to go through it every time and sometimes maybe multiple times and fail to learn? You do. Um, you really do. And And – you know, sometimes as coaches, we we feel like we're we're very redundant. We like we're like I feel like I'm a broken record. Sometimes we keep repeating ourselves, repeating ourselves, repeating ourselves. But you need to repeat yourself one more time, and you got to repeat it again the next week because you know you want to drive the point home. But we understand too that possessions 
possessions in this league and in each game are important, right? And and the more we can, number one, take care of the football or stay on the field on third down, get off the field defensively on third down, just or take an onside kick at Kansas City and steal an extra possession or maybe a fourth down. Those are all the things that, you know, we put our quarterback but our team in those situations and scenarios so that, you know, they ask for the two-point conversion. They want to go and win the game last week, and it doesn't necessarily have to be my decision. It can be, it can be just that. And so the team is building confidence uh, with amongst themselves. We're building confidence, you know, uh, within the players, and and it's really good to see that this time of year, um, you know, things. Sure, you know, we're four and seven, whatever, but but things are beginning to sort of click and, and sort of head in that right direction. Let's go to the Microsoft Surface for a social media question for the head coach. And this is about the defense and a change last week from at Stevie2121. How did Chad Muma play in his first career start, and do you see that continuing? Chad played, um, you know, 100% of the snaps on defense and, and really did a nice job. Plus, he played special teams for us. He, he's a great young kid. Um, he'll get better each and every week. He will play again this week and 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 uh, be in the be in the starting rotation in the mix. And 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 again, this is nothing. It's nothing against Devin. I don't. There's no lack of confidence with Devin. This is just a matter of making sure we have the best eleven on the field, and 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 making sure that we're helping everybody. But Chad Chad played well, and um, you know, looking forward to watching him play again this week. Found it interesting that uh, I guess uh, Heath Farwell didn't want to give him up on punt protection, huh? I mean, punt protection, you know, you have to have guys that you trust on that unit, and he just didn't want to take them off of that. He did not want to give that one up, and, and I, I, don't, I don't blame him. You know, Chad's, Chad's been one of our best protectors on, on punt protection, and, and look, with the way the special teams rules are nowadays, you know, you, you can't afford to give up a block kick or a punt. Um, and so punt protection becomes critical. He's done a nice job there, and uh, we'll continue uh, keeping him there on punt protection. Yeah, this week, uh, Detroit Lions and good offensive line, really good running game. Uh, Chad hopefully learns a little bit, gets a little bit better this week. Boy, you had a great game last week. Those guys are going to have to play pretty well. They're going to have to play extremely well, you know, stopping the run. Um, you know, Jared Goff is playing better. They're scoring points on offense, and, and – you know, it's a it's a dangerous football team. I, I, I feel like they're in a very similar situation that we're in, you know, four and seven and, and they're getting better as well as the season goes on and and defensively they've got they've got some talented guys over there. You know, Aiden Hutchison, second overall pick at defensive end, five and a half sacks this year. He's playing he's playing pretty well. So, you know, again, it's um you know, an opportunity for us to go on the road, um, dome stadium, loud environment, and uh, try to pull out a win. Stretch run is upon us. Final thought here, Coach. Uh, chasing the Titans in the division. Everybody is right now. Three back, six to go, two head-to-head -head matchups. Do you put that out in front of the team, or is it a little too early still for that? I don't think so. I don't think he. I don't think it's too early for that. You know, with six games to go, everything's right in front of us. Our goals are right in front of us. It's obviously a um, you know a one-game sort of season as we as we uh, continue here down the stretch, but. We know we're chasing Tennessee, and and really the, the Colts are in front of us too by a half a game, and um, I, I just don't think it's too soon. You know, I want the guys to understand that. You know, I, I'm I'm hopeful and optimistic that this comes down to Week 18, and and we got a chance for the division then. But you know, we got to take care of business each week. We know that it's a it's a one game mentality uh, at a time. But um, you know, I want to make I want to make sure the guys understand just just where we are. 
Coach, thanks for the time as always. Good luck in Detroit. Oh, thank you so much. That's head coach Doug Peterson. Back with more on the Doug Peterson Show after this on the Jaguars Radio Network. We're back. It is the Doug Peterson Show. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Logman. Our thanks to head coach Doug Peterson, of course, for joining us on the program, of course, each and every Thursday. Well, the Thursdays we have a program. It's been a few weeks. Uh, but hey, we're glad to be back. The Jaguars have the Lions this week in Detroit at Ford Field. And uh, hey, would you? first of all, um, I asked Coach right after he walked out, um, what is a shin route? Now, you didn't ask him. You were you, you were kind of joking with him, but you said yeah. you'll ask later. Well, I was actually pretty curious. What okay, that was. and it's a short in route. Okay, so how about that? What would be a shout route? I by I'm you know I'm not a detective, but I think it's a short out. Maybe <laughs> you have to put your hands up while you do it. I maybe I have no idea. <laughs> It's 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 funny though that uh, football terminology is pretty simple. It really is when you think about it. For example, uh, defensively, let's say you're you're going to have a blitz and it and it's going to use the will and the Sam. Mm-hmm. It'll be some form of let's say saw dog. Okay, S W Sam will oh. dog blitz. Okay, if it's the Mike and the will. It might be a a wham dog, okay? <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, it's I get it, what you're doing. Okay, yeah. and <clears throat> when quarterbacks come to the line of scrimmage, you'll see them go check, check, check. Red eighty two, red eighty two. Okay, well, if you're a defensive lineman, what are you thinking about with red? Well, not the color, probably. Or you're thinking snap count. Okay, red, white, blue. One, two, three. Oh, in order. Okay. Oh. Early in a ball game, quarterback says, check, 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 check. 221, 221, and the ball snapped, okay, and it was on one. Okay, so you now know that for the rest of the game that the snap count is going to be the last number of what he says. So if he goes, 122, 122, going to be on two. Because it's the last number. If he goes 131, be on one. What if he only 133, does, what on he, three. What if he switches to two numbers? Could. But here's the problem with that, JP. Mm. Once it's set, okay. Well, there's going to be false starts everywhere. You've got ten other guys in the huddle huh. that when you let them know that it's changed, are they all going to remember? So the chances of actually changing in-game are slim and none and slims on the outskirts of town. Uh, interesting. Uh, what else? You know, I found it interesting that, yes, Doug does bring up the division and the race and six too. games to go, and they talk about it. Yeah, it's out there. Well, you, you, you can talk about it and because I think that, that gives you the, the gem that you're, you're after. And, it's, and even if you don't talk about it, the players are talking about it. But I think if you put it as a coach, you talk about it, but then you also talk about, look – so what, now what? If we don't take care of our business this week, then all this conversation is probably going to be out the window. So I think it's good that you talk about it and then you, you put it in context of what has to be able to take place for us to, to continue to have this conversation. So, so I, I think, look, I, I, got, I got a great amount of respect for Doug and, and his abilities as a coach. 
He's been to the ultimate playground and won. And so I think he's got a great mind, and I think he does a real lot of really good things. And I think the other thing that impressed me, because when I we were talking about the quarterbacks and that, you know, you, do some quarterbacks have to continue to make, make mistakes to learn? And he said, yeah, sometimes that is the case. But then he also talked about it from a coaching standpoint and that you can be redundant. I would have a really hard time being redundant without losing patience. And I think it takes a special person to be able to have the patience to teach, to continue to teach when you're frustrated as a teacher or as a coach because the mistakes have been made again. I can only imagine how this scenario went with the goal-to-go interceptions. That's what you're kind of talking about, I think. That's probably one of those. I might have right? lost my mind. I mean, can you imagine the second one? It's like, really? Again? Well, JP, you. Trevor. <laughs> Trevor. We talked about this. And you know what? Hey, now it's starting to. He's throwing it away when it's not there. Hey, but it takes patience. But I mean, that's. A lot of times you're always looking for different ways to address it. And sometimes. The frustration will creep in if you're a coach, because as a coach, you know what the right decision is. You've been teaching it. But sometimes you gotta have it's just like being a parent sometimes. You know, sometimes you gotta have the patience to be able to continue to stress what the important decision is or what the right decision is, even though there's been a couple bad decisions being made. And that's not easy, JP, sometimes. Hmm. We've got plenty ahead. Uh, We'll come back in a moment. A little more on the quarterback and his play over the last month. It's been fantastic in the month of November. Well, now it's December. He's got to carry it over down the stretch here. And one of the big question marks, I think, going forward right now is Travis Etienne's foot. We'll talk about that coming up, too. That's, I mean, that is a really big question mark with this football team because – if you look at Trevor's performance up until this past game, the games prior, he has had great performances by his running back. Is he going to have that going forward? Mm, we'll find out in just a moment. Uh, it's time to deck the halls. Duval, join us Sunday, December 18th as Trevor Lawrence leads the charge against Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're gifting the game or treating yourself, we've got the tickets to fit every budget. Visit jaguars.com tickets. Or call 904-633-2000. This is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Welcome back. It is the Doug Peterson Show. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. Our thanks to head coach Doug Peterson joining us in the opening segment every week on Thursday on the Jaguars Radio Network. Joe Fortunato on the audio. Brent Reber on the video side. And yes, Logs, we will get to the running back coming up in just a little bit. Travis Etienne. But it is a quarterback's best friend. And it is up to Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> who's now turned the corner, it feels like. Right? I, got I mean, a niche. three games, thank you. Three games in a row, uh, over 100 rating. And last time out, his best career rating. He was great in the fourth quarter. Obviously, that final drive, what, seven of nine, making big time throws in, in key moments. And um, has he turned the corner, in your opinion? Uh, well, 
look, as, as soon as you feel like somebody's turned the corner, you can all of a sudden turn the corner and go the wrong way. Uh, but, uh, but I really feel like that his performance this past game was just outstanding. I mean, that's when you have a franchise quarterback, you want to be able to have a franchise quarterback put a football team on his shoulders and lead them to victory with a, you know, with a game-winning drive at the end of the game. And how many game-winning drives has he had in his career? That one? Exactly. And it's taken quite some time to get to this point. But now that we've seen it, now you go, okay, we know he's capable. We know he can do it. We know that he can protect the football. And like Doug talked about, that Denver game in London probably was a key moment. And sometimes it takes, you know, the hit up against the side of the head sometimes to be able to wake you loose and and wake you up sometimes and I'm not saying that you know he needed that but it's sometimes you got to have big bumps in the road to have growth and that performance in London was a really big bump I mean that was not a good performance at all by Trevor no in fact you remember me coming in here that following week saying this game here which was the ensuing week against the Raiders, this game is as important as any game that Trevor Lawrence has ever played because he has to be able to bounce back. And then when the Raiders game started, we were like, oh, no. This is not going how we wanted to see it go. But then he climbed back out of it. Yep. Climbed back out of it. And Travis Etienne was a big part of that. Trevor played well, protected the ball. And he was able to make a really strong performance out of that game. It wasn't all him. And this past game wasn't all him because look, the defense kind of kept him in place early in the ball game by being good in the red zone. Defense made some plays to be able to get the ball back, to be able to get the go-ahead score with the winger caused fumble. So, I mean, there was, and there was moments where the defense let it down in the second half. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was encouraging and Consistency is everything about being a franchise quarterback, though, JP. And and the consistency's got to be there. I'm not saying that he's got to throw for 330 yards and three touchdowns every week to be consistent. That's not, not what I'm saying. But you've got to have good, solid performances. And then on occasion, you've got to have a performance like you just had to be able to lead your team to victory. Performance like that? Without your starting running back on the field, uh, a lot of the day. Well, Jamichael Hasty was, you know, was wasn't too bad, and his brother Jamal wasn't bad either. Uh, well, they, they've stood in and both played well. Um, but the starter, I'm talking of course, about Jamal Agnew, uh, Travis Etienne Jr. Okay, I'm, I'm talking. What I mean by that yeah. is that when you have somebody that gets hurt, like Etienne did in that game, uh-huh. okay, others need to step up. The performances of Jamal Agnew and Jamichael Hasty in that game. And then the outstanding performance by Zay Jones allowed that offense to just keep rolling. And it was impressive. It was impressive. And a lot of the quick passing game ended up being kind of the the replacement running game because Baltimore's tough up front now. Yes, they are. I mean, they're tough. I mean, give them credit now. That Baltimore defense came to play. Clay's played really well. Of course. 15th year? Yeah. It was I had all... a conversation with him. For yeah, I didn't get down there to see him, unfortunately. And uh, I said, this, you know, you know, just catching up a little bit. And then I was like, you know, I said, look, man, you're still playing well. And he goes, you know what? I feel great. He goes, I kind of was thinking this was going to be my last year. He goes, but I, I'm feeling so good. I don't know if it will be. Wow. 
Okay, so next year, if he does play next year, he would be 37 years old. Correct. But he still play. I mean, he took Fortner to school a little bit. Hey, Luke Fortner had a hard time with Calais, which, you know, look, everybody a has a hard time with Calais. Six foot whatever, six eight, and nothing 300 to be a, pounds. Nothing to be ashamed of. No. But he's a good football player, and, and it was great to see him. He's, uh, I thought it was pretty cool, too. The They put him up on the board, and he was waving to the fans in the stadium. That was, that was a pretty cool moment. Let's come back. Jaguars defense had some changes last week. How much of that carries over to whatever the opponent is week to week? We'll find out. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Welcome back. Week 13, Jaguars-Lions, Ford Field, Detroit, the site. 1 o'clock Eastern kickoff time. We'll be on the network Sunday at noon with countdown to kickoff. That's where we... Imagine this, countdown to kickoff ahead of the uh, Jags-Lions matchup, an hour ahead of the kickoff time uh, every week here on the network. Glad you're with us. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, our uh, Jaguars head coach, uh, Doug Peterson, joining us in the opening segment every week. Jaguars defense now. You mentioned it just a little bit ago. Some good, really good early in the game to get out of those red zone situations with only field goals. Game could have got away from this Jags team, but it didn't. They, they stood up in key moments early. There was a couple plays late that got away from them. Obviously, the long throw. Deshaun Jackson set up the go-ahead touchdown for the Ravens in the fourth quarter. That's one big one that kind of stands out. So, a little bit of a mixed bag on defense last week. But there were a lot of new, different looks because of the personnel that Baltimore had to offer on the offensive side. And Well, Baltimore pre- runs a ton of tight ends, yeah. and then they got a fullback, Patrick Ricard, who's kind of a little bit of everything. You know, he's a tight end, fullback, yeah. offensive lineman. And so that's kind of one of the reasons why that you had some of this new personnel packages as a defense. And uh, the defensively, I, first of all, a couple guys that I thought really stood out. Foyer, obviously, Luke, and had a tremendous game. 18 tackles, career high. And I, I – I, mean, I don't want. I'm not saying this to criticize Devin Lloyd, but when you can worry about your own responsibility, sometimes it allows you to be free and allows you to play. And and I think there was at times that Foyer was trying to get Devin line, lined up in previous games, and sometimes that can distract you and take away from what you're responsible for. And as a as a middle linebacker, sometimes you have to be able to do some of that, but you just don't want to have to do more than usually is what is required. So. Credit to him. I thought he played really well. He made some some fantastic plays. That Wingard uh, possibly earned a role going forward in some capacity because of their issues at corner and also because of his performance. I think that's kind of twofold. I thought Josh Allen had a real nice game because I thought the previous three or four weeks he was not playing very well. This past game I thought he played well. I mean really well and was disrupting the pocket had Lamar Jackson on the run a couple different times, was active against the run. That was impressive. Uh, I thought that Trayvon Walker had maybe his worst game yet. How? Why? Just, just not – I mean, he had the hold call, which was good. That uh, definitely helped. But, I mean, other than that, his impact, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't feel much impact from him. The uh, – Pass rush stuff still a little bit indecisive, which is that's got to get that's got to get cleaned up. And then 
usually when, if he's not much of a factor as a pass rusher, he impacts the game in a real positive way and run defense because he is strong, he closes fast, he's, you know, he can wreck a lot of plays and, and didn't have a lot of that this game. And I think it's a challenging game to face the Ravens, and I'm not trying to make an excuse for him. I'm just trying to maybe explain maybe what happens. When you face the Ravens, you have read options, you have run pass options, you have Lamar Jackson. And that can make people very non-committal or indecisive because you're hesitant because you don't want him to all of a sudden split the defense or is it a run or is it a pass? Is he going to keep it? Is he going to hand off? Is he going to split the, the pass rush and run downhill? Do, do I need to make sure I center rush a guy to be able to come off either way? I mean, there's so much to be aware of, and that's what makes Lamar Jackson so dynamic and challenging to face sometimes. And then also because of the – the style of offense that they play with the multiple tight ends and, and things of that nature and the tight ends that can catch the ball. So maybe that was part of it, but but he needs to get back to being better than that because I think he's capable, surely, of better than that. And, and, and again, I want to say this, Rayshon Jenkins and Cisco, I think, are playing hard and playing pretty good. I'm not saying that they're perfect because Cisco – can't get caught up when you've got that Deshaun Jackson deep route late in the game, even though that was a little bit on pass rush. But I thought Cisco, I thought Cisco has definitely improved his game because he's been more physical. Mike Caldwell weeks ago challenged him to play faster, and he is. He's playing much faster. Rayshon Jenkins continues to be physical. And I love the way he plays the game. So there's a lot of really good things, but there's also some components you got to see to get a little bit better. And then some of the components, the reality is you're not going to be able to address until you get to the offseason, whether you address that in free agency, which may be limited because of the resources, or in the draft, which is more than likely where you're going to have to address a lot of these, these issues. When we return, we'll get into the Detroit Lions and what they have to offer this Sunday for the Jaguars. It's the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. Welcome back. J.P. Shatterick with Jeff Lagerman. The Doug Peterson Show continues. Jags head coach with us in the first segment each and every Thursday here on the network. This Sunday at 1 o'clock, the Jaguars face the Detroit Lions battle four and seven teams at Ford Field in downtown Detroit. Team's kind of similar, kind of looking in the mirror a little bit here. Lions playing better lately, won three straight before a loss on Thanksgiving to the Bills. They had them on the ropes. The Jaguars have now won two out of the last three. The quarterback's playing well for both sides. The Lions, boy, they've got that run game going. It's their best rushing attack through 11 games since 1998. That's when Barry Sanders was still on the team in Detroit. Um, this is not that, of course, but uh, they do have some uh, a pretty powerful running game. This is, this is no easy task this week to defend this group. It's uh, a two-headed backfield, a good offensive line. Well, and they do it from what is called 11 personnel just to give people an idea when when you talk about personnel like when different places call it different things some have it like a like a card terminology like kings or queens or whatever but 
a lot of people use a numbering system, and so you'll have like 21 personnel, so 21 personnel, 12 personnel, and 11 personnel. For example, 11 personnel, you got one tight end, one running back, and then the, the one that you never actually say is the number of wide receivers that's left. So 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends, and then obviously two receivers that are left. And Detroit runs a lot of three wide receiver sets with one tight end and one running back. And their offensive line is really good. And that makes it challenging because when they are in that three wide receiver set, you naturally kind of spread the defense out a little bit. And that's, it's really become more of a, of a nickel slash three wide receiver league anyway. But uh, that's what Detroit loves. So big challenge this week. And you've got two backs that are good. And, and I will tell you that DeAndre Swift is a guy that, that can scare you from the standpoint of he, when he gets in space, he's a great receiver. He would, uh, in fact, uh, you know, from talking to Doug, you know, the running backs, well, he, he would be a good fit in, in an offense like this because he's such a capable back out of the backfield. So he will challenge some of the Jaguars wide receivers this week on some, some patterns and in the passing game. But most importantly, that Detroit Lions offensive line is going to challenge the Jaguars up front. Jamal Williams leads the league in rushing touchdowns this year, 13 of those. He's he's in the 700s with his yardage this year, but uh, he has a nose for the end zone. He does, and, and Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, who is kind of a rising star in the league. And a lot of people are talking about him as maybe the next offensive you know, young head coach, you know, he kind of comes from the Sean McVay tree a little bit, I believe, but he's been very successful. And when you have a running back like Jamal Williams, it, it helps. And Ben Johnson is, uh, has taken a franchise that has not been very good and he's led them to be a top 10 offense. And if you look at the, at the Lions, JP, do you see top 10 personnel on offense? No. I think offensive line, the I would line, say yes. Sure, but the skill guys? Yeah, yeah the skill guys. I mean, that's one of the reasons why they took a flyer on Jamison Williams in the first round who was towards ACL in, the, in one of the playoff games last year, right, with Alabama. That's right, national title game. And he just started practicing, I think, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Last week he did some walkthrough stuff. This week he's starting to do some practice stuff. I don't think it's likely that he's going to play this week. But, um, but the point of that being is that they knew how they knew how needy they were at the skill position, and they I don't want to say reached, but they took a chance on a guy. I mean, you, JP, you know, but you probably uh, tell most people about Jameson Williams. I mean, was is he one of the best wide receivers that's come out of Alabama recently? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, they've had a, a they've rolled through pun intended uh, a few different waves of uh, wide receivers in that at that school over the last ten years, really. But he came in as a transfer. So he transferred from Ohio State. Couldn't get on the field at Ohio State because they had Garrett Wilson and Olave. And they had Which Olave is like one of the best receivers in the league right so now. So he left, went to Alabama, and um, yeah, I mean, he had like 1,500 yards. It was if, unbelievable. Just out of curiosity. Fast, super fast. Yeah, I mean, that's really his calling yeah, card, that's his right. speed. Deep, deep speed. But if, if you, JP, because you know him so well, the Alabama wide receivers in the NFL, okay? And there's quite a few of them. Yeah. It seems like every year there's a couple first-round picks. Start with Julio. 
I'm talking about the best in the league right now, not Julio, uh, because well, Julio, he's, the, he's the first wave of Alabama receivers. Right, he but was I mean, the guy. In, in modern day Alabama receivers in the league right now, production right now. Give me the top three. Okay, um, Waddle. He's doing well. Is he number one? He's up there, right? He's got to be. Uh, Cooper, Mari Cooper, still Mari performing. Cooper. Okay, that's two. Well, he's Cleveland, right? I think he's there now. Yeah, yeah he's kinda, moved eh, around a little bit. Eh. Oh gosh, guy in uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, Slim Slim Reaper. Yeah, uh, in, up Philly. in Philly. Yep, yep, yep. He's what's playing his, well. What's his name? Um, uh, won the Heisman. Yeah, a couple years how ago. How bad? I mean, how bad so is that? Bad. Can't remember. They so there's there's a bunch. Which That's is it's unbelievable. They're everywhere. Here's the crazy thing. If if you want to hit on the draft, increase your percentages, draft Alabama guys. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, there's a lot of backups that are getting drafted from Alabama. Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith. Yeah. And maybe some of the NIL changes changes that possibly. I don't know. I doubt it. Not in Alabama? No. Nope. They got money there, too. They got a lot of they money. They got a lot of money there. <laughs> a lot of Hey, let's come back. Money. We gotta come back in just a moment and go to social media logs. Your oh, favorite. Yes. You're a social media maven. If we've learned we, any, uh, which social media are we going to? Which platform? We're probably I, I think it's Twitter. I think. Okay. Uh, because if we've learned anything on the Doug Peterson show this year, it's that you're a social media maven. Mm-hmm. This is the Doug Peterson show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back to the Doug Peterson Show presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. And, Jeff, it's your favorite moment of every show, I think. You know what it is? Um, social media time. Yes, it is time to go to the Microsoft Surface and go to social media. What are they asking you on Twitter today? This is at JagsFan5858. Agnew brings good speed to the offense when in the game. Do you expect to have him play more, especially him returning to face his old team, the Lions? Well, he, by the way, he's not the only Lion, former Lion going back. Marvin Jones Jr. also played there. Correct. Well, Agnew was drafted by Detroit, whereas Marvin Jones Jr. was not. Correct. The uh, does does his role increase just because he's facing his old team? Well, no, uh, that doesn't. You don't play guys more just because they're facing their old team. I think Agnew, Jamal Agnew, has a, a very defined role, and it's it's not a primary role because the reality is, okay, if Jamal Agnew is going to get more reps, who's going to get reps taken away from them? Are you going to take it away from Christian Kirk? Uh, I don't think so. No. Uh, are we going to take it away from Zay Jones? Uh, no. Uh, no. We're going to take it away from Marvin Jones Jr.? Um, Depends on what you want. Maybe. Right? I mean, do maybe. you want, do you need a little more uh, giddy up? Maybe, right? I mean, that, okay. that's a or maybe. Or you need a possession, let's catch this ball on fourth down guy. I think the unique thing about Jamal Agnew is that he also is kind of a quasi running back. So you can put him on the field. You know, if something were to not go well with Travis Etienne this week, you put Agnew on the field, and then he's the only quote-unquote running back on the field. Does the, Do the Detroit Lions try to match up with him, which they play a ton of man? Do they try to put the rookie linebacker that they have 
against him, and that's Malcolm Rodriguez. If that's the case, oh, 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 let's go, baby. That's a great matchup. That's one you can win, right? Or if they put uh, Anzalone on him. Okay, let's yeah, go. Come on. Let's take that every day of the week. But, uh, but yeah, I, th- I think there's within reason. The, the one thing is for certain, Agnew's first and primary responsibility is as a returner. And so you want to make sure that he is really good on that and that the attention doesn't kind of wane on that just because all of a sudden, okay, now we're going to maybe increase his snaps. But, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great question. But it's not because you're facing the Lions. It would be more so because, hey, look, this past game that we played Jamal Agnew, we had five catches for 37 yards and a touchdown, which he was awesome, which, by the way, that play design on the touchdown was awesome. He split out wide right like a wide receiver, got a uh, defensive back on him. He comes in motion towards the inside of the formation, and he's, and he's really at a high level of speed running the motion because there's no rules about, well, motions have to be jogging. They can be any speed you want. It can be jogging. It can be fast. Well, he turns on the burners like he's going to maybe go across the formation, and then since the Ravens were in man, that guy's got to find a way to get across the formation to cover him. Well, ten other guys in the way, yeah. And that's a hard thing yeah. to do because of the traffic. Mm-hmm. Well, he gets that tempo up. The defensive back goes, oh, crap. I've got to get across the formation with all this traffic. And so he turns on the Jets a little bit. And as soon as he does, the ball snapped. And Jamal Agnew puts on the brakes, turns and goes right back where he came from, but across the line of scrimmage and a little quick speed out. Trevor hits him perfectly, and the defensive back couldn't recover. I mean, great play design by Doug Peterson in this past game and, and Press Taylor and, and Mike McCoy. It's, just, it's fun. I will tell you, I've been doing this for quite some time. It's fun watching this offense and some of the play designs that they come up with. It's just, they, they, know, they know where to attack and how to attack, and it's fun to watch. And when you have a weapon like Agnew, you can stick in there in a certain situation and maybe have an advantage. That's what this offense is all about. And not just him, the other receivers too. As they've, obviously, they found something with Zay Jones against the Ravens last week and, well, and exploited it. And if something, like I said, if something is wrong with ETN where you're not confident about him, you know, look, you can, you can run some plays with Jamal Agnew at running back. And the one thing that the coaches and, – and I remember Press Taylor talking about this earlier in the year because he was asked about Jamal Agnew. And Press Taylor just literally started just gushing about how smart, how, how he can be asked to do so many different roles, and it's never an issue. Got great high football IQ, great football awareness – productivity in multiple positions and that's man it's the more guys that you have like that uh, the better off you're going to be when we return our final thoughts ahead of week 13 the jacksonville jaguars and the detroit lions a battle of four and seven teams coming up it's the doug peterson show on jaguars radio We're back, baby. It's the Doug Peterson Show, presented by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Logman. Week 13, the Jaguars and the Lions, a battle of four and seven teams. And, hey, some former 
Uh, Lions on the Jaguars, of course, a former Jaguar on the Lions, and DJ Chark, and of course, Mark Brunel is the quarterback coach there. Todd Wash is on the coaching staff there. Former Jaguars defensive coordinator. Correct. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we mentioned Jamal Agnew, former Lion draft pick, as a defensive player, and then transitioned over. But Marvin Jones Jr. was a free agent addition for the Lions or in, uh, yeah, just a few years ago, but now he's going back. Make a, a quick comment about him because we were talking about how do you, who do you take reps away from if Jamal Agnew were to get more reps, and it was based on one of the social media questions that we got. Here's the other thing that I just want to make mention of. In that ball game against the Ravens, there were a couple critical moments that the ball goes to Marvin Jones Jr. And so we, you know, and I say, okay, are we yep. going to maybe take Marvin Jones Jr. off the field for reps from for Jamal Agnew? Well, wait a minute, fourth and five. Yeah, big. That ball goes to Marvin Jones Jr. because Trevor trusts him, and he 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 proves why he's trusted. He caught a great ball that was contested on fourth and five, and then the touchdown. Throws it to him at the critical moment. I mean, those things are important. All access TV tonight. Who you got? Trevor Lawrence. Oh my gosh, Trevor Lawrence got tonight. The quarterback, big time. Yeah, looking forward to it. String Sports Brewery in Springfield. Yes, it uh, might already be crowded. Yeah, yeah. Parking might be an issue for me. <laughs> they don't save me a parking spot like they will for Trevor. That's Jeff Lagerman. I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network.